Today, um, the Lord lays some very fundamental thing upon my heart that we're going to share. The gospel. Give me Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. What is the gospel? That is what we are going to go through today. I pray, let's just say, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will give us understanding and teach us yourself. Reveal your plan, yourself, to us. To all the audience and to those who are watching online or on the internet or on television that they may know what Jesus Christ has brought for us thank you Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we are praying Mark chapter 16 Jesus said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature now the gospel means good news good news now that is what I want to explain what is the good news that the Lord Jesus Christ has brought to mankind? And it is summarized in what we can call the full redemption of man. That is the good news. What is good news about that? The first one we are going to talk about is God has forgiven the whole world. Do you know that? God has forgiven you. That is the good news that we mankind, God has said he has forgiven us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. See what the scripture said. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Now look at the next phrase. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Imputing is what you call an accounting term. You say it's not imputing your sins. I mean, well, you, you have done so many things, you have run away from the Father's house. Every human being has gone away from the Father's house. But God is saying He has forgiven all of you. Now it's just coming, come back here, let's do reconciliation. Your sins are already forgiven. But unless you come, you won't know about that. So God is in, was in Christ reconciling the world, not just the believers. We believers are those that have accepted the call. We believers are those that have accepted reconciliation and we have reconciled back to God. So this message is for you that is out there. Or if you are in the congregation, you have not really realized that your sins have been forgiven you. So now just think of the story of a prodigal son that the Lord Jesus had gave a parable of the prodigal son. This young man decided that he was fed up with his father's house. Give me all that belongs to me and I want to make it in Las Vegas. And he got all together and fled. But his father has forgiven him, waiting, looking. Hopefully he's going to come back alive. That is what God said. God was in Christ. Christ came to manifest that the Father has already forgiven the whole world. But it's not saying, come back to me in reconciliation. Accept the reconciliation. Accept the free will, free give the forgiveness. And then you can come back and inherit. You remember when that prodigal son came back? You think he would not inherit anything? His half brother, his other brother was angry that. How dare you kill the fatted cow for this boy? 
who has wasted all your goods. But the Father welcomed him wholeheartedly. God is welcoming everybody that will come back to him. But if you don't come back, out there is death and destruction. That is where what hell and lake of fire is. But when you come back, he's going to accept you. Look at the story in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13, verse 38. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13, verse 38. I said, the Lord is, has forgiven the whole world. He's just asking you to come back to him. Now, this is what Apostle Paul was preaching. So I, I'm trying to give you some Bible background and make you see that how you show that God has forgiven the whole world. This is what he said. Apostle Paul was preaching in a place of Antioch or Iconium. I said, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, through Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Verse 39. And by him, that is by the Lord Jesus Christ, all that believe, remember, all, are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So God is not saying, well, you can't come back home unless you must keep all the Ten Commandments. Because that was the law of Moses. No, that was not what he was saying. He said, just come as you are. Just come as you are. Christ has, you see, the difference between the law of Moses and what Jesus Christ brought here was presented to us in the book of Hebrews. The Bible said, the Lord just gave you what you must not do. But he didn't give you the power not to do them. You must not do that. You must not do that. You must not do that. But there was no power to, to be able to do all those laws. But when he came to the Lord Jesus Christ, he came, his Bible said, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord. The grace is the power to do it. Because he comes and come and live inside you and gives you something called the Holy Spirit that will make you be able to do all those things that you know God wants us to be like this. But you cannot do it all by yourself. Grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what we call being born again. That is what Jesus Christ told the rabbis. In Gospel of John chapter 3, give me verse 3 and then verse 5. Gospel of John chapter 3. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, one of the teachers in the, in the, in the Old Testament. And he came to the Lord Jesus Christ by a night. He wanted to find out, how did you get this power? A 30 something year old man? He thought he was 30 something year old man. And the Lord Jesus Christ started telling him that you must be born again. And he said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And the Lord said in verse 5 that you must be born of water and of the Spirit. So in short, there's a supernatural, miraculous power Christ is giving to people that will come to him that we call being born again. It's an experience. And he's inviting you to come as you are and he will regenerate you. It's a regeneration. A new spirit he will give to you. He has already promised that in the book of Jeremiah, you see also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 and to 17, Hebrews chapter 10, that God said he was going to make a new commandment, a new, a new covenant with us. 
So this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. He was already prophesying it in the days of Jeremiah. What was coming through the Messiah. Which Christ came to fulfill it. That now he's forgiving the old world. Say, come now to me. I'm making a new covenant with mankind. I will make with them after those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Verse 17. Next verse. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That is the forgiveness that he has brought to mankind. What I'm saying is, this is good news. Everybody was, the old man was afraid of going to hell, lake of fire, death and destruction. God was angry with mankind through this law of Moses. Everybody was scared to death. And the good news is, God has forgiven everybody. Does that mean everybody is going to be saved and go to heaven? Only those that accepted the forgiveness. Only That's why he said, preach the gospel to everybody. Come and accept this forgiveness is free. They were sure I come and join your church. Somebody is saying that in, in his house as he's listening. You don't have to join this church or that church, but you have to come to Jesus. You have to come to Jesus in your heart. Ask him to come. It is the church is people of like-minded fellowshipping together, exhorting one another as we see the day approaching. That is what the body of believers really is. It's not that you have to come and join this church to be saved. You must be saved, giving your life to Christ. Then when you come among them, you are part of a family. And then you are encouraging one another as we see the day approaching. But Christ is giving this power. He's making a new covenant with you and me. When you come to him and accept this free gift, so there are sins and iniquities I will remember no more. And he went for that in the next verse. He said, they don't need to tell one another, Lord, Lord, everyone will know me. Why? Because he is going to be living inside you. Christ in us is the hope of our glory. That is the good news. So what is good news about that? That your sins are forgiven. You are no more a stranger to God. God is calling you to come back to him freely. If you accept it, you are, you are saved. If he said that anyone that believes in me is passed from death unto life. It's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. And you are no more going into condemnation. If you accept this free gift of God, he said you have passed from death, which is spiritual death, hell, lake of fire, to life. Are you sure? That's what's called believing. In, uh, in uh, my country, they call Christians, you know what they call Christians? Onigbagbo. What does that really mean? Believers. That is general terminology for them, believers. You mean they have trust, they are just believing. That is what it is. You mean you believe what Jesus Christ said, you already, just by believing in him, you are not going to hell, lake of hell? That's what he said. Just believe it. And then come to him and say, okay, Lord, I come. You say, my sins are forgiven you. I was a murderer, just come as you are. Well, you know, I was this, just come as you are. Well, you know, I did that, just come as you are. Remember the thief on the cross. What can be more grace than that? A thief on the cross. He knew that thief knew he was a thief. And he was even confessing it and saying, look, we were guilty. We, we, we received what we deserved. They were nailing them to the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ. But he was saying, well, what has this man done? He said, well, he was a blasphemer. Oh, 
said that that thief on the cross said remember me when you come to your kingdom he didn't say well you have to go and baptize no oh no you got to go back and live right i mean sorry i see you no he has no way of going back to live right he was already nailed to the cross at lunch just said today just he believed just believing yeah just believing that this is the messiah say remember me when you come to your kingdom that's all oh what a, the devil would like to say what about what he did yesterday what about what he did two months ago? he has not repented of that he believed in jesus and that's what the logic said you are accepted when you come to him just as you are but now when you come he's going to wash you Amen. if you don't have any more time like the thief on the cross you may say well it's too late but when you come it's called sanctification going to wash you and give you a new heart so that now you are to produce good works after you have been saved but the good works is not what is going to save you it is coming to him first so my first invitation to you that is listening to me is how do you want to give your life to Jesus and receive this free gift of salvation forgiveness of sins that's what we call redemption if you want I want you to first bow your head. This is the first part. Because that is just one of the things he has done for mankind and you receive it, you are saved. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Just by believing in him, you have passed from death unto life. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, give me about verse 30, 33 there, you see what the Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, just believing, you have passed from death unto life. Christ came to bear witness unto the truth. And he said, anyone that believes in him is going to raise them up at the last day. Just by believing in him, you are going to be raised at the last day. Now, I said, you want to come and give your life to Christ. I want you to just bow your head and go to this first part of it, prayer, before I go to the next part of what Christ has come to do for us. Say it with your heart, because the Bible said, if you will believe, this is what the apostles were preaching in the first generation. Apostle John wrote it in a way in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 here is what he said how do you get saved he said if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus that is Jesus is your Lord believing and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead said, thou shalt be saved what does this saved mean? What does that saved mean? Your heart will be changed to a new creature. That's what Christ said. A new heart will like give unto them. But if you come to him, he will give you a new heart. And you become a born again believer. And you're, you'll be completely re, re, you know, re, renovated. If you can use the word renovated. You will be regenerated from inside. That is the salvation from our sins that is the fundamental you must first get that and then you are back into the father's house praise the lord so i want to lead people in prayer if you are watching in online and you want to say how can i be saved this is what you're going to do i'm going to pray for you right now i want you to bow your head and talk to the lord yourself and say i believe lord jesus christ that you died for me on the cross i believe that you rose again for my justification and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. That is, you are the Lord of my life. And that's all that you did on the cross, it was for me. You were suffered, you were wounded, you were crucified 
for my for my sake to redeem me i accept you as my lord and savior right now come into my heart lord jesus and give me this born again experience thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen, amen. now that is the first part it's a, it's a good news that your sins were forgiven many people when they give their life to christ one of the first experiences they found out was a burden was lifted a burden of guilt that they didn't even know it was there but you see things were not working out in life but when you come to christ something changed in you when you do that prayer sincerely from your heart you talk to him and say i accept you lord take over my life it lifted something in the spirit and you are free in your heart there will be a peace that comes to you. You are no more panicking what's going to happen tomorrow where he gives you a peace. That peace is the presence of Jesus. When he comes into you, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All the chaos of this life will be like, wait, I don't worry about this right now because something has taken over my life. That is the experience that we had one day. You'll be able to point to the day that you receive that experience called born again experience. It is a spiritual experience that you feel in the physical when Christ comes into your life. And don't take it lightly. That is to now make you begin to love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. The good works. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I said that is good news, but that is not all that the Lord Jesus Christ brought. The good news is that he also brought unto us power over sicknesses, diseases, poverty, and troubles of life. Why? Because if you go to Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy chapter 28, we're talking about the law of Moses. The law of Moses, verse, verse 14, start from verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. What you will see is that when Moses wrote that law, he put a curse upon those people that will not obey the law. It's called the curse of the law. And you can read it from verse 15, 15 to 61. It was curse and curse and curses and curses. Say, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments. All see that is why it's a cause because not everybody has been able to do all and the bible will say if you fail in one you have failed in all but look at the cause if you are if you if you if it shall come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the lord thy god to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which i command thee this day that all these causes not just one, causes. It says, I'll come upon thee and overtake thee. And you can go on and you can read the next and the next. They are all causes and causes. They are all summarized in the sicknesses, diseases, poverty, physical death, and of course, ultimately, disruption. Go to verse 61 of that, where it summarized the last part of it. Verse 61. Because he, he named some of those sicknesses that he was pronounced upon those who will not follow the law that he wrote down. And, he said, and also, also, every sickness, just think about that, and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Gee, that was a cause. That was what Christ came to deliver us from. Yes. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 when we say Christ 
came to save us. People don't know what, it, what does it mean he came to save us. I've told you about the sin part because he has to deal with sin first before you can enjoy the blessing. This is what the Bible says. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the love. Being made a cause for us. For it is written. This is how he took it away. Cause is everyone that hung upon the tree. So when Christ went to hang upon the tree in crucifixion, all these causes, all the diseases, all the sicknesses, everything that was put in the law of Moses in the spiritual world was put upon him to carry it away from mankind. I don't know many of some of you have watched the the movie, what they call the Lord of the Rings. Some of you have watched it. They kind of try to typify this story in that example. Where somebody was to go and take this ring that was evil ring and go throw it into some fires or something. And that was symbolized sin. Symbolizing what Christ actually came. The sin of the world was placed upon his spirit, not upon the physical man, upon his spirit. And he has to carry it to fires of hell. And dump it over there. But who can do that except somebody that can come back? Otherwise, if you couldn't come back, we are all lost. But he was, he said, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it again. So that is the only thing that saved mankind. So he went there, the sin, the Bible said God turned, God has to turn his back because the sin of the world, God cannot look at sin. But it was put upon his son. The one that could go down there and let captivity captive and dump all the sin of the world into the fires of hell and came back alive by himself. Amen. That is why he is our savior. Now, the power over sicknesses, the power over diseases, the power over poverty, because when you look at that Deuteronomy, it included everything. Poverty, the sicknesses, plagues, the one you know, the one you don't know. That's why he said all other diseases. But Christ has come to redeem us from that. And he has redeemed us. Not that he will. He has already done it. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. So knowing this thing is good news. Amen. That's why he said go and preach this good news to the whole world. Yes. But you see, you have to believe it. Suppose I say, well, I, I like this is my son. And I say I'm so rich and I deposited one million dollars in his bank account. And I told him about his sovereign where he says, okay, I have deposited one million dollars in your bank account. If he didn't believe it and didn't go to collect, he would still be miserable where he was, trying to survive. But if he believed it, he would pursue. The my bank is in the bank and he has to go and do take some steps. There are some steps you have to take also to collect that million dollars or some of the million dollars and begin to enjoy it. In, in the world right now, if you have money in your bank, what do you do to collect it? You can write a check. Also, you can, if you're online, you can transfer the money to here. You can use to pay something. Those are steps you take. Also. And the other thing you can do, you can have what you call card. You go to ATM and put it in the machine and take some money because you have money in the bank account. But if you don't know about it, the money can be there doing you no good. There are many stories of people like that that have inherited something and they were living as a pauper because they didn't know about it. That is why he said, go preach this good news to the whole world. This salvation is free. You have to come and believe it and begin to enjoy it. The power, that's why he said in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. 
Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 19. Christ has given unto us the authority. He said, Behold, I give unto thee power, authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. That is one of the declarations that he gave to us that, hey, this is it's already given to you. Begin to use it. And you have many more. In Mark chapter 16, that we first read, verse 17 and 18. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, he gave us other promises. This sign shall follow them that believe. Believing Jesus, yeah, this sign should be followed. He didn't say, this sign shall follow them that believe and I send them out as preachers or prophets. So they must be apostles. No. He said, them that believe. So if you, a five-year-old person is smart enough to understand this thing and say, I believe, say, this sign shall follow you also. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with no tongues. Next verse. Verse 18. And they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. When you are, able, when you are doing that, means that you are already overcoming these sicknesses, diseases, poverty, and all this. There's a power over them. That is part of the things that he said he has deposited into your account. Just believe it. Begin to take the steps to take, make use of it. This is good news. That Christ has not only saved us and forgiven our sins, he also has brought unto us something to enjoy while we are here. Look at it at Isaiah chapter 53. It has been prophesied before he came. Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 4. Because he redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Christ before he came, Isaiah prophesied that this is what he is coming to do for us. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. That was what I was describing that the Lord put upon him the iniquity of us all. You see that in the next few verses. The iniquity of the whole world he put upon him, he carried away. Dump into the, into, the, into the fires of hell. And in the second, first Peter chapter 2, Peter was now looking back, God was already fulfilled. This was still looking to the future when Isaiah wrote it. But now when it was fulfilled, first Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Peter said, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree? That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes? Ye were healed. Now done. Past tense. But you still have to do what? Believe. Believing, which is called faith, is the key. It's almost like saying, well, what's, how do you have a card to go to the ATM to check, to collect? That card is the faith. Do you have a checkbook to write for your bank account so that you can get this money from your bank account? That checkbook is the faith. Believing these things that was written down for us is what is going to get you these benefits that have been deposited into your account. When Christ was preaching all about Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, he was already showing it to before even he went to the cross. He said that it might be fulfilled. He was taking their sicknesses, was touching them and healing them, and people were lined up just to touch him because something was coming out of him. And that said, it might be fulfilled. This was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. 
see himself took our infirmities and take our sicknesses. Before even he went to, to the cross, he was carrying those things. He was showing to us that this is what he came for. And after it was done, it's now for the whole world. Preach the good news. That is what we call it good news, the gospel. Good news, the gospel. And if it's a good news, what do I need to get it? Be born again. The world say, I'm born again. They believe this Bible verses and begin to exercise them. Believe them, like our brother and sister said when they're doing the review. Faith with action is that believing. The step, you have to take some steps. In many places we have preached over on this pulpit, some steps that men of old, even the men in the olden days, they took some steps. After they said they believe, you have to take some steps to show that you believe. Just like I said, you say, well, I have money in the bank here, yeah? $1 million. Somebody told me, my father told me, they sent me the check, I saw the letter, or the attorney said, the will, what is will in the world? When the parents are about to pass on, they write what you call will. How their estate should be divided, not so. It's called your will. But that is the father's will, the word of God. That is the Father's will, the word of God, for mankind. How he wanted his estate to be divided, and then he himself was the father that came and put on a woman's flesh and came among us. After he has completed it, now he came back alive to enforce the will. Now, in the days of in our modern world, if an old man wrote a will, got the attorneys, they stamped it and said, Well, this man has said this is how it should be divided, and the man died. You know, the, the children could begin to infight about one another and say, no, I don't accept it. And they go to court. The attorneys have to be defending this and defending that. Suppose the man came back alive and said, I want to enforce this will. This is what I wrote down. Well, they have to, they can't say, well, we are disagree with you, father. We are disagree with you, daddy. We can't accept it. No. The father who was the estate, if he could come back alive and say, this is how I wrote it down, then everybody has to Surrender to it, not so. But that is what the Lord Jesus Christ did. That is the Father's will. He's written down for all that He said and He has given to us. He didn't just die and it was gone, and now we are in fighting with the devil because the devil is the one that we are collecting this thing from. But He came back alive by Himself and said, Satan, you have to do it. Why? Because the Father is alive. Jesus Christ is alive yesterday, today, and forever. Man is enforcing his own will that he wrote down for us. Just like if you have a will that you are written down, your children are going to be fighting over it after you pass on. If you can come back alive, you will be able to say, no, you don't fight on this. This is what my will said. You don't need to go to court for this. So that is what the Lord Jesus has done for us. He is alive and he's enforcing that will. But you still have to believe it. You still have to take the steps. Write your check. Collect. Take your credit card or your card. Go to the ATM and collect. That is what your faith will do when you believe the word of God. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. The cause of the law is sicknesses, diseases, poverty, and ultimate death. The third part that many people, you see, let me point to something here. There is what you call spiritual death, which is going to hell and lake of fire. That is spiritual death. If somebody is still in their sin, and they have not been regenerated, they didn't accept Christ, they are dead in their sins. Jesus Christ said, if you don't believe that I am he, so you will die in your sins. That means they will go to that lake of fire, which is 
spiritual death. But there is a physical death that human beings have been going through, which is the good news, also the third good news that we need to know. Just like say, say good news, Christ has forgiven us, we are now to come back to him. Good news that he has given us victory over sicknesses, diseases, we can overcome all these things. We don't have to be going from doctor to doctor, from hospital to hospital, being, being troubled by Satan. Not by God, by Satan. Like slave master, just whipping his slaves with sicknesses, diseases, all those type of troubles. But when we come to Christ, we are free. And but you have to exercise you have to stand your ground against the devil you have to confess what the word of god says you have to know who you are in christ and confess it before satan and he has to begin to withdraw from you the other part is that christ actually has brought to to us this physical death that it should be no more so well that will be by and by yeah but you can begin to enjoy that also look at it from gospel of john chapter 3 that's the spiritual death verse 14 and 15 Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. It says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Verse 15. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That's the, the, the spiritual day. You won't go to a lake of fire, but you have everlasting life. You will believe. Now, let's go to chapter 6, verse 39 and 40. Gospel of John chapter 6. Verse 39. Now we are talking about the will. The will. What's the will? The will. The father's will, which is the will that the man that owned the estate wants to give to his children. That is the father's will. And this is the father's will. God is our father. So this is the father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up again at the last day. That is what Jesus Christ has come to do to raise all those that believe in him. They will die. If they die physically, he will raise them up at the last day. And went on in verse 40 also. And in verse 44, he said it again. This is the will of him that sent me. But everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. It's automatically have an everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 44 again. And verse 47, he said the same thing. Verse 44. He said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Now, that is where many of us make a mistake because we try to beat our head over the wall, Father God, why is this man not changing? Or we see the world full of evil doers. He has said, no man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. So you are blessed for even listening. You are being drawn by the Father. You should be grateful. You are being drawn by the Father God for believing. So you have to know that. Because you can't even come except the Father is drawing you. And Christ, I know my sheep. So that, this means it's not everybody in the world that are his sheep. He said it with his own mouth. He said, no man can come to me except the Father which shall send me draw him. And I will raise him up by the last day. So you and I that are listening, that you pay attention to this thing, you have to be grateful that God has called you to believe. Verse 47. Verse 47. Very, very, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. The next verse. I am that bread of life. So he was more or less saying, the same thing I was saying, it is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and you already have this everlasting life. Remember that. Now, I talk about the physical, they say it's a good news is that you are not going to hell because if you believe. 
The other good news is giving you authority over sickness and disease. You have to live above those things by knowing whom you are and exercising your faith. And the third part is that it's not only the spiritual death, there's the physical death. He has said, First John chapter, John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. God, Gospel of John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. The Lord Jesus Christ was saying this to Martha when he came to raise up Lazarus. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, he shall he live. That's the resurrection. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. If you can believe that. So believe it, that is. So that is telling us he has power also over the physical death. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, he said, the Apostle Paul also said the same thing to us that Christ has actually come to lay it down for us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But it is manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. Which type of death? Physical and spiritual. Abolished. And has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Remember in the days of many hundred years ago, they abolished the slave trade. When they abolished slave trade, I mean the powers that be, the government say no more. So. But you see, the slaves are not free. They have to fight in America just to keep them free. Also, civil war because of that. So it's still going on. Christ said, I've abolished death. But you see, people are still dying. Why? Because it's some, some slave masters, they love the slaves. They love to keep the slaves. Not that they love slaves. They love to keep the slaves slaves. Because they are making money out of it. So that was why they had to fight civil war over in this country because of slave trade. They didn't want to let the slaves go. Satan didn't want his slaves to go either. Satan, who is the slave master for women, he been slave, keeping them as slaves since Adam fell, didn't want the slaves to go. But Christ has defeated him. Amen. Amen. And then he's, after he's defeated him, but you have to believe it and follow the champion and say, I'm now with the champion. The devil will now be scared of you. But if you don't know, the devil will still say, <gasps> say well, that in those days, the slaves are also afraid of their slave master. Some have to sneak out. And they said the people have run after them with guns. Also. I watched some of those movies since we came back here. The slave ran away and they tried to shoot him down. But see, if I can just cross over to the north, where they are free. See? The same thing, you have to cross over to Jesus. Come to the kingdom of God, where you are free from all these evil things. The devil is still putting up on mankind. That is what is going on. He said, Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality, even physical one, to light through the gospel. You believe in it, pressing on to receive, to get yourself free. He said, deliver thy several daughter of thy. First Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 24 and 26. First Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 24 and 26. This is how Apostle Paul presented the story. That Christ is ruling now from verse 23. He said, Christ is reigning until the end. He said, then come at the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. Even the Father. When he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Verse 25. For Christ must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Amen. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Amen. So what are these enemies? Sin is the first enemy. Diseases, sicknesses, these are spirits. 
You have to remember that we're not just talking about say, well, say, no, there are some pathogens, no? some uh, viruses, no? some of those things you cannot see, but they are tormenting mankind. The God said they are spirits. Satanic forces that we are dealing with that are sending all those animals, or what you call them animals, pathogens, viruses, they are animals, invisible animals, or microscopic animals. And some of those that are not animals, they are just plants. Some plant seeds that they can get upon your nose and you sneeze and sneeze and sneeze. But see, spirits can also gather them and come and dump it on you too. Those are the ones we are dealing with. Those are the enemies. They are causing sicknesses, they are causing death, they are causing poverty, they are causing all those evil things, and they are the enemy. Christ must reign until he has put all the enemy under his feet. But see, when you say he must reign, it's already raining, but he says he's going to put all the enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is that death, which is the physical death. So the satanic spirit causing that also. They specialize in heart attack. People just die upon their bed. They don't know what's happening. See, the spirits do so those things. But he said he's going to put all those enemies under his feet. Now, this is not talking about the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he has already reigned. But the church is the body of Christ. Say amen. How many people believe that? The church, that's believers. We are the body of Christ. Remember the story in the book of uh, Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And God showed him that dream. And it was symbolizing the kingdoms of the world. It was a statue of image. Head of gold, breast of silver, brass in the belly, the legs of iron, and the toes and Daniel interpreted that image to mean the kingdom of the world from the days of Babylon. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head. So that image of a human being was representing the kingdoms of the world from the head to the toe. He said at the toes, at the end of the world, God is going to set up a kingdom, a stone that was caught without hands, that's going to bruise that image at its feet that was made of iron and clay. Daniel chapter 2, you can read the whole story there, the interpretation. Now, that was symbolized to Nebuchadnezzar as a kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is similar. The kingdom of God now is represented in that another vision of Daniel chapter 7, that that kingdom of God is a son of man, a human being. People say, that's Jesus. Yeah, it's, the head is Jesus. The head is Jesus. The body is the church. But that's why when the angel was interpreting in Daniel chapter 7, you can go back to Daniel chapter 7 and see what the angel said to Daniel when he was saying, what are these meaning of these things? He said, the people of the saints of the Messiah will take over the kingdom. He didn't say the Messiah will take over the kingdom. The people, that is the whole body of Christ, head to toe, the church. So that means we are the body of Christ. So when he said, the last enemy is to be destroyed. He will put all enemies under his feet. He's not talking about under the feet of Christ that's already ruling in heaven. It's under his body's feet, the church. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So it is under our feet that he has to subdue these things. And while we are not getting to subdue it yet, because we are still afraid of the devil, we are still afraid not to move overcoming sicknesses and diseases. We are still struggling with sicknesses that are much more dead because sickness and disease are preliminary. 
death. Not so. So what he was prophesying is that he will reign, that this Christ will still be reigning in heaven. So that is, remember what he also said? Whatsoever you shall bind or not, shall be bound in heaven. Where does it initiate first? Earth. We, you and I have to bind it or not first. And he just rubber stamp it in heaven. So if you are not binding anything on us, you are not knowing your authority, you are afraid of the enemy, then you are not able to bind anything, so he's helpless. He couldn't do anything. That is why many things are happening among the body of Christ. We are still not on, on enjoying all the benefits he has provided for us, the lot of benefits Christ has provided. And that is the good news. I say, what is this good news? Sin is dealt with, sickness is dealt with, even the physical death. It's already said it's under our feet, but we have to come to the level of understanding it and begin to exercise our authority. And the devil, who is the slave master, have to back off. Yeah. Have to back off. When you know your right, they back off. If you don't know your right, they stand their ground and see whether you, you know everything. So that's the reason. My people perish for what? For lack of knowledge. So our problem is not knowing these things and not believing what we say we had. I did not believe in what you said, what you had. If when we believe it and we begin to exercise, we will see that it works. It works. But try it. You don't need to try. Do it. Somebody said, don't try. You do it. When you do it, you will see that it works. I was in a place many years ago we were doing what a camp meeting. Camp meeting in the college. I was still in college then. And we collect we got we got all these high school kids for Christian camp meeting. Some of them are 13 year old, 12, 12, 13, 14, 15 high school kids. We taught them the word of God and so on. And then we taught them about praying over sick, about, about sickness and so on. And then we break into groups. And I went with about six boys, they are all boys. Yeah, six boys. In my own group, every senior, we are college students, then they were high school kids. So we gathered them and then we were to follow through, follow up with what they have been taught in the general assembly. And one of these boys brought a question to me in the, in the little group and said, Yeah, what you call in Africa, you know what you call Qatar? Yeah, you're running nose, you know. Running nose. This boy said, Yeah, I've been suffering from it. While he was in campus, in that camp, he was having this running nose. He said, Maybe I could pray for him. I said, no, I don't need to pray for you. Everything we have been taught, teaching you since the last two days, three days, that you have authority over these things. Try yourself. You do it yourself. You just lay your hand upon your nose and say what you want to happen. Okay, so the boy did that. He didn't say it out. And then we came back to the General Assembly. I didn't know what happened. He didn't say anything. But when we came back to the General Assembly, we have to, after the break up into groups, we came back together and this 13-year-old boy stood up to testify when they were asking testimony. This young boy stood up to testify that in that room when this brother told him to take that same authority. I did it quietly. He said to his amazement, it worked. That was his own testimony. So what I'm telling you is that it works. So for a little boy, it works. For an old grown-up, it works. Let me give you another reason. For someone who said, well, you are telling us what happened 30 years ago. What has God done since then? When I was raising my children, they were playing tennis. 
And one Saturday, they said, Daddy, we want to go and play tennis. About three of them then. The oldest was 12 years old, 12, 11, and then 10. I've, about 4 p.m., I didn't feel like going to drive. I have to drive them to the, to the tennis courts. I don't feel like, well, okay, they said they want to go and practice. Okay, okay, come into the car. But reluctantly, I was taking them there, not too far away. So as we were going into the tennis court, we were just driving in, I saw the rain started dripping. Aha! The rain is not going to let you play today. So it's not, and the Lord said, well, why don't you let them pray about the rain? So I said, well, I'm not going to pray for the rain, not to fall. So the rain is still dripping, dripping. And these boys, they guess, two girls and one boy, they were so excited. They wanted to play today. Well, I said, well, you have to, you guys have to take authority upon this rain. I'm not going to take any authority upon this rain. In my heart, I was reluctant to even come. Because I have to stay there and they have to play for one hour and I have to just be watching. Also. So that was my reluctance. So I said, okay, are you guys you really want to play? Well, you, the Lord said, you take authority if you can you pray. You are the oldest, 12 years old. You lead others in prayer. I'll just say amen with you guys. So I sat down there. And the rain was still dripping, dripping. Not heavy rain yet. More like I thought it was a test for them. That's what I said. Because if you say, you can see the black cloud just come towards the, towards the tennis court and dripping some waters. And if that continues, the place will be too wet. They can play. So I said, well, you pray, you are the oldest, you pray. So she just said, Lord Jesus Christ, we want to pray, we just ask this way not to, not, to, not to fall in Jesus' name. They say, Amen. So I say, Amen. To their amazement, the water stopped dripping. To their amazement, I said, well, and I said, well, Lord, you are doing this for me. I, I, I saw the hand of the Lord teaching them something, taking it out of my hands that... I didn't want to pray because I was doubting. Not only doubting, I was not interested in today's thing. But they were interested. God is telling them, teaching them, you have the same authority that your father has. You have the same authority that the pastor has. So when the pastor says, everybody come forward and pray, why do you have to come forward? If you know that, if you understood what he has just taught you, you could sit there and pray. So when the pastor has to lay his hand upon me, that's when you cannot help yourself. If you cannot help yourself, then you need the elders to pray over you. But if you understand that this authority is to be put under the body of Christ, under our feet, not under the feet of the pastors, not under the feet of the evangelists or prophets, under the feet of the church. And if you are a member of the church, it's under your feet also. Amen. Amen. But believe it. Then act on it. Do it. Praise the Lord. So that is the challenge. It's not a challenge. It's the, it's the truth. You are now to just say, gee, I'm, I'm going to do that. That was what that boy in high school did when we, when we, when we just challenged them. But do it yourself. You see, it works. It works. Because you are not dealing with this preacher that taught you. You are not dealing with men. You are dealing with the Almighty God who is everywhere. And he's listening. And he's saying, you are also my child. Even that four, five-year-old guy is still his child. You see? But do it. It's very easy for little kids to even understand it and believe it and take action and, it will, and they see that it works. But don't lose it after you have grown up and become to be educated by the scientists. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't let the scientists over-educate you. The word of God is so simple. Jesus Christ said this is for everybody. Believe it. Act on it. You will see that it works. Praise the Lord. Amen. That is my message for you today. This is the good news. Sin has been dealt with. 
Good news, sickness has been dealt with. Good news, even the physical death has been dealt with. If we can only believe it and take the steps. Praise the Lord. Let's give praises to the Lord. Just thank Jesus. Just, oh no, no, don't clap your hands. Lift up your hands and wave to him. Clapping is applauding man. You don't applaud man. Waving to him is glorifying Jesus. That's how you thank him. Just say thank you, Jesus. That you have brought this thing to mankind. Thank you, Jesus. You that are washing this over the airways, just stand up and say, I believe these things and I'm going to act on it and begin to thank the Lord that he has called to even believe. Like he said, no man can come unto me except the Father draws him. So let's stand up to our feet. Stand up to our feet and thank the Lord and just pray right now to, your, to, to, to him for yourself. Say, Lord, thank you for this understanding. The good news that you have revealed to us, I want that good news. I want to begin to exercise my right and authority as a believer. And that authority is for you, for everyone. Thank him. Just thank him. Thank him. I didn't call you to come forward because you have heard the truth. Just confess Christ and you are saved. And if you need healing for your body, just lay your hand upon yourself like he said, this son shall follow them that believe. You too. Lay your hand upon yourself and believe and you see it works for you. And believe that he has actually abolished death. It's for you. It's for every believer. Everyone that is in his body, head to toe, is his body. So this the enemy is to be put under your feet. And we are to initiate all this authority on that. He's in heaven ratifying it. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We just praise you. We worship you. Let your name, Lord, be glorified. Let this word that you have born to our heart, let it minister to everyone that listens to it, whether on television or they are listening to it on the internet or they are online right now watching it. And we that are here, Lord, let it rouse up our faith to take the steps for Jesus and glorify your name. And your name alone be glorified, Lord. Thank you, Father. For you have done it for us. You finish it on the cross. Say it is finished. Our redemption is completed. Christ has redeemed us, mankind, that believe from the cause of the Lord. Sin, sicknesses, diseases, death, they are all the cause of the Lord. You have redeemed us from it. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the glory of the Lord our God forever. Amen and amen. Praise you, the Lord. Take it over. Thank you.